everyone and welcome back to the Goat Heads podcast. Me and Antonio are done playing pretend and uh, acting like a GM and taking the whole month of August off. We're back. <laughs> Episode 6. Some thought, yeah. we were, some thought we were dead. Some. Yep. Three weeks haven't recorded. I mean, there's been literally nothing to talk about. I mean, some things pop up here and there, but nothing to build no an entire no episode off of. But, yeah, I guess there are no excuses. <laughs> uh, no, if GMs get to do it, I think we should, too. Obviously, starting a Sabres podcast in summer is a strange way to go about it. But uh, it's what we did. And come season, with it. Come season we're going to be very active And when there's actually hockey to watch. Except there's the World Juniors going on right now. So, yeah, Sabres got three prospects in there. They got Kulik, which is not Kulich. Kulik, he preferred to be called, I guess. Kulik so He's playing for the Czech, and he actually just had a clap bomb about like maybe an hour ago. Sick goal on the power play right off the faceoff. And then we got Oslin. Wait, is it Oslin? And Sodin for Sweden. But um, Oslin just scored a hat trick in the preseason for uh, his – team in Sweden so that's that's pretty awesome good to see him I mean he's the one that kind of fans looked at after that first round and was like the lowest expectations for I guess you could say but just gets a hat trick his first preseason game so that's a good way to turn that noise down a little bit so good for him uh yeah three goals in a game is obviously awesome (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah good for him yeah so uh in the if you saw, if you heard or saw our last pod, um, we recorded it the night the Matthew Kachuk trade happened. We spent we, an hour talking about a trade <laughs> that was already in the works and almost over. Yeah, we, we literally spent an hour talking about. Now it it sounded like we just didn't know yet, but we yeah. knew. We knew eventually. We found out. But we still published it. It was still a good episode. Still what talking about other things. Thoughts on that. We didn't. We didn't even get to talk about that on stream. What was your uh, reaction to all the things um, Calgary was given? So my first reaction was, "Damn!" Like I, like I, it was so. I was expecting Calgary to go the rebuild route. I didn't think uh, they were gonna get win now pieces. Huberdo obviously was just had like 115 points last season. Yeah, tied with uh, McDavid and something assists. He yeah, had the most, a most. He had seventy assists, the most by a winger in like maybe history or like a very long time. And they also get Uyghur in that trade, who was someone I wanted the Sabers to maybe take a look at for a good second pair option. But uh, he's headed over in that trade along with a prospect and a first. So yeah, I mean, um, Calgary just resigned Huberdo as well to eight years, ten and a half million, and then Kachuk. It's the Eight-year, nine and a half million extension in Florida. So they're they're paying more for a guy who's five years older. He's going to be coming out of his prime. I mean, we've seen it with contracts for these wingers who have a great season going into their contract year, and then they kind of fall off. Do we know for example? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few around the league, but uh, <laughs> Jeff Sam, Jeff Skinner is a great example of that. But um. Hey, we asked for it the whole offseason. We were, sign Skinner, sign Skinner, don't care, sign Skinner. So. <laughs> Give them whatever it takes. and then yeah, it, They it, did. They, they did. <laughs> Our advice. No, I'm just happy there's NBA-style trades in the NHL to talk about. That's that, is a, that is another thought I had. Like, this is, like, when's the last time we've had, like, a crazy trade that, like, made no sense for either team, but also it's, like, it was beneficial for both, but hurt them both at the same time. Adam just a, for Taylor Hall, the one for one. <laughs> Shea Weber for PK Subban. Yeah, but like those superstar for superstar trades are fun. They they yeah. make it's exciting because that's all anyone was talking about except the Go Heads podcast. Yes, <laughs> but we um, don't need to talk about stupid stuff like that. We talk about important stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, but um, uh, 
yeah, going back to that, the only I think the in, most interesting part of that trade is now the Kachuk brothers in our division. Ottawa, you got Brady, and now Matthew in uh, Florida. So there's gonna they're gonna play each other four or five times a year. So that'll get um, some prime time games. It'll be fun. I mean, I don't really think they'll beat the shit out of each other, but they're they'll definitely get at it, and Rock that'll be fun. Loves, fine. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll see. Those are going to be fun games to watch. They're they're a competitive family. Like that's just how mm-hmm. they are. They're Ottawa is on the rise now too, getting Drew and the Brinkett. So it'll be a fun little Ottawa Florida rivalry going on, and in, in in the mix, Tampa and Toronto. Yeah, could be a fun year to watch the Atlantic Division play. All right, now yeah. let's get on to the. Greatest team in the National Hockey League, the Buffalo Sabres. They announced Ryan Miller night is January 19th versus the Islanders. We will be there. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> we will be there? Okay. The, we're, okay. We're just getting over it. We're just buying it. the tickets. We're just our, okay. Money's not forever. You can't take it in the grave with you. Why not? Yes. Let's yeah. spend $100 on a 300-level ticket. Is I'll that what the – I haven't looked at the prices yet. I'm just – like 109 Jesus. All right. Yeah, sure. Cool. We'll be there. Confirmed. <laughs> yep. No <laughs> pictures. No paparazzi. We- Kevin Weeks. Confirmed. Goatheads podcast will be will be at the Ryan Miller ceremony night. No, but I'm very excited for that night. I mean, oh, that's gonna be if they do half as good as they did for RJ, it'll be a great night. This could be a real cheer jerker. I, a lot of people will be crying there. Maybe not as many for RJ, but I'm gonna be jerking a lot of tears then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe me too. But um, yeah, it's crazy. I'm happy for Ryan Miller. Um, the last Saber to wear 30, other than Aaron Dell, for about a week until fans bully <laughs> him into changing his number. <laughs> so yeah, but that's um, big, I was thinking about that, and that's like a big number to retire 30, because that's like a very yeah. average goalie number. That's like yeah, a big honor. Like no one's wearing 30. Like that's like one of the top two goalie numbers, 30 and one. Like in thirty-five, every number divisible by five, pretty much now. Yeah, some thirty-ones uh, out there. Forty-one, I've seen forty. Yeah, they're all over the place I, sometimes. But I watched the video of uh, them telling Ryan Miller again today, just because I wanted to see it. Such such a great. It's, yeah. get, it's getting hard to not like the Sabers right now. Like just what we're doing. Yeah, they're becoming an absolute wagon. Um, just. They're getting some like a lot of like media attention too for like these prospects are all just really good and like the people on our some guys on the team are really good lots of potential there so we're gonna be exciting and it's just it's just patience now I mean we've obviously had a wait since 2011. When you look at a team and up and down their whole lineup is a prospect who can be really good. That's a really fun team to watch and I think be a fan fan of and that's what the Sabers have like we had. We have too much. Like we have, like who do we play? Who do we not play? This is what we're like asking. I'm excited. Yeah. At the end of the episode, Zach and I are gonna give our projected opening night lineups. And when I was doing that, I was just looking at the lineup, and then I'm thinking about all the prospects and guys we got in our system, and how we've got still a ton more draft capital in the next couple of years. It's we have a lot of guys, and if they all pan out, we're going to be very good, and our cap space will be slim to none. One of these days, it's nice now seeing, like, oh, we have, like, unlimited money, but, like, you're going to have to pay these guys, and it's going to... You want to keep Darlene and Power as, like, your back-end, like, one-two tandem? That's going to cost, like... In the coming years when the cap's going up, depending if power pans out to be this player, it's going to be a $20 million in cap space probably for the both of them, around 20 I'd assume around, like, yeah, 16 to 18, around that range. The, but cap's, the cap's probably going to go up again. Oh, I think by, like, 2025, around then, once the league's kind of rebounded from all this COVID nonsense and hopefully monkeypox doesn't take over, but uh, if not, we should be seeing the cap greatly increase. So that's kind of another reason I want the Sabres to like start getting these like long-term contracts in like Tage, she can get a contract now before next season, but 
I don't think that's something that Kevin Adams is going to explore maybe halfway through the season or end of the season. We'll see. But, yeah, if like he, Dylan Cousins he, is due. Matias Samuelson is due. Yoki Haru is due. The, you, if, if you want these guys to be core pieces, I think you give them five to eight, I mean, six to eight-year deals the second you can and try to get them for a good price. Eight-year deal? Well, he's the one not really including that. I mean, Sam, like Samuelson. Samuelson and, like, that would be cool. Cousins. Tampa signing yeah. Nick Ball for four years or something like that. Yeah. Longer than four years. I think it was – dude, I think it's a long-ass contract. Well, I know they gave Sergachev eight years. They gave Sorelli – was it Sorelli? Eight years. They gave uh, – who's the defenseman that – They gave him seven Turnick. years – Seven years by three point one five million. Tampa. Nick Paul. Yeah, seven See, years. Like, like I want, I want the Sabers to start doing something like this. Get these guys in long term at a reasonable price. Set your core. If we could lock yeah. up Samuelson for a deal like that, he's going to be a huge piece of our defense. Like moving forward, mm-hmm. like with these flashy guys like Power and Darlene. And Samuelson's even has like moments of like just poise in the zone and flash. Mm-hmm. Like you can get him on a deal like that. I don't think you hesitate right now with all yeah. the money you have. Speaking of needing deals, um, Ryan Johnson comes out and says he's officially heading back to Minnesota for a senior season. Um, I, If I were Ryan Johnson, I personally would not sign with the Buffalo Sabres. I would go wherever I want. I think his dad's a coach in L.A. So, I mean, look, if a lot of fans are going to be upset, but I'm just calling it now. Ryan Johnson, I don't think he'll be signing here. If you look at the depth chart, you got three stud left-hand defensemen in Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, and then Samuelson has emerged. So, Lawrence Pilot, Ryan, yeah, the, de- the you're not cracking this defense. I, I mean, yeah. but he's and, a good player, and I – what, what would, we be, would we be able to trade? Like, if he doesn't sign next year, is he able to walk? Is this his senior year of college or junior year? Senior. So what happens is if he doesn't sign with the Sabres and we don't trade his rights, we get a comp, we get compensated a second-round pick. Right. But he's a U.S. Uh, yeah, but it, and it's going to be a pick in 2023. This draft is a stacked draft, I'm not going to lie, but it, it's – you, we were really hoping he would turn out or at least be playing by now. He is more than NHL ready. If you saw him at development camp or you've seen him play in Minnesota, he's solid. He's a very good defenseman. He's definitely ready or close to ready. Maybe you're in Rochester, but one of the best players in development camp. Mm-hmm. Skater. Yeah. I don't see us trading him, though. I see us just letting it go, run its course, get the pick. Well, if, if here's the thing if the Sabres are in a spot, maybe making a playoff push or actually having meaningful games towards the end of the year, which we haven't had in a very long time. Dude. Oh my God. That would be definitely a piece that could be traded. I mean, I guess his value is like a late second round pick if, because he's not guaranteed to sign anywhere, but even trading him to LA where his dad's a coach. I'm I'm, if I had to put money on it, if he were to leave and go somewhere, I think it's going to be LA because I don't know if GMs are going to give up a lot to get a guy that will be a UFA in a few months anyway. I think he'll definitely he could become a sweetener. I mean, the Sabers gave up a third round pick to for Jimmy Vc's rights, and he still didn't sign here. <laughs> but um, and he came back, and then he came back and did not very good. So, yeah. well, we were doing our draft. I had a joke planned that a Sabers draft. If anyone wants, I was gonna with my first. I don't know if I draft him first. I was gonna say Hobie Baker winner Jimmy Vc instead of Ron Miller. <laughs> but I yeah. forgot. Oh, Jimmy VC. What could have been? I, I can't – the hype around him back all then was crazy. We're just grabbing guys who also played at Boston University. Yeah. Did VC play at Boston University? He played with Eichel. He played with Eichel, yeah. He, everyone was like, oh, bring, reunite the line. University. Dan University. Yeah, that was a very strange era of the Sabres. Speaking of uh, Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel's teammate. Robin Leonard will not be playing a game next season. And yeah. I think with that, that is the straw that breaks Vegas's back. 
the Cam is back. I, I don't. See, think, I think the opposite. Who's their goalie? Brassois and Logan Thompson. Who Logan Thompson had a very, pretty good year last year for being a rookie and not really someone like highly touted. But um, you can't put all your eggs in a rookie. I don't know. He's not a rookie anymore. He played a lot last season. Leonard was hurt a little last year too. But they, we discussed this before. I think they have seventeen players under contract, and they were like a million or two over the cap space. So they gave up Pacioretty for nothing. That is mind blowing to me. But um, yeah, Vegas's whole facade is just melting away. They were the, they were one of my favorite teams to watch their inaugural season because they were fun. Yeah, they were all these cool players who were like Tuck, Marcheseau, uh, Carlson. Who else was on that first team? Riley Smith. All these guys are just fun to watch, and they're putting up, like, career numbers. Cody Eakin, even. <laughs> um, Eric Halla. It was just a fun team, and then they just show their true colors and they're assholes. Like, they're mm-hmm. all the as assholes. They don't care about players. Like, they told Flurry it was his city, it was his team, and uh, the famous Adam, or uh, Alan Walsh picture came out with the sword in his back. Yeah. And now, and that caught, and then they brought in Leonard, and that pissed Flurry off too. And they're just like falling apart. I don't know. They're going to be a very interesting team to watch this year. They're either going to boom or bust. And I think that if they bust, they might have to strip it all down. I don't know. Well, before they can do anything, they need to get players to play for them. They don't have enough. Like that. That's just mind blowing to me. Would you want now, to be in Vegas? I wouldn't want to play. I mean, <laughs> Matthew Gachuk did. <laughs> oh, you can um, like unless you're going to win a cup and it's just a one-year thing because you're not. No one who goes to Vegas is going to stay there long term. Like they don't really care about who you are. They just want to fill the stadium and win and be. Yeah, but there's definitely players that don't care about that. You can look at oh, yeah. one: you're living in Vegas. Two: the state tax is not existent. You're you're in Vegas. Like it's still a pretty cool place to be. Have a career yeah. in. Jack Eichel, 60-goal season, 111 points. Just absolutely carries Vegas to the playoffs. Maybe. I mean, he's still Jack Eichel. I mean, he's last year obviously had that injury and came off that neck injury. And I'm, I hate, love him or hate him. I think he's going to – he's that would be you like, got it written behind you, Hall of Fame Eichel. I had that take last week. I think he's still <laughs> – I think he's still he's still Jack Eichel. He's still gonna he's gonna do something. He's a superstar and he hasn't played in the league really, it feels like for like two, three seasons now. But like be the wildest like black mirror episode ever. Like, <laughs> we're just kids who lived in Buffalo watched this curly headed guy absolutely like light it up and like make highlight after highlight goal. Like if you watch Jack Eichel highlights, they're highlights. They're like there, it's in, he's an insane player, and then he goes to Vegas, and he's going to be the superstar. And it's it's going to be like an episode of Black Mirror because Vegas is going to love him. I love how it was like so expected. Like, oh, the first line, Pacioretty, Eichel, Stone. And then... They trade Pacioretty for nothing. <laughs> for, yeah. He's a 30-goal scorer, and they just hand him to Carolina, mm-hmm. who's going to be a very dominant Good. team in the Metropolitan. They're going to win that division. The Cup. A cup. I have Carolina winning this year. I had them winning last year, but now they're even better. Brent Burns, and uh, that's all I got to say. Yeah, they've got some more. I don't remember who, but uh, I know they lost Nino Niederreiters, but I think they'll be okay. He's a good player. Um, oh, I would yeah. like him. Very good analytics. Oh, yeah. Sabres made a signing. I uh, forgot to mention. Riley Sheehan makes his return to Buffalo one year. Two way nine hundred k, so uh, I can I think that counts out Cody Eakin uh, coming back. I hope that should be the nail in the coffin on that one. Don't have to really worry about that. I if mean, he does sign, you got to post like a, a zombie, like a zombie crawling out of the grave on Twitter. Sounds. I will with the orange mullet. Yes, I yeah. will Photoshop it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, he's coming back. <laughs> No, but Riley Shane back. I'm not. I'm not mad about it at all. I mean, what's there to be mad about? He's probably going to be in Rochester, and if he gets called up, he's got. He can play center. He can win faceoffs. He knows the position. He knows Buffalo. He's been here. He wasn't bad when he was here. He's just solid bottom six player. So sure, whatever. 
depth. You need it. If any of these guys go out, who are you bringing up? So right. Yeah. But yeah, other than there's not much going on around Buffalo. Or in the NHL right now. Like literally we're doing this and GMs are in Disney World. Yeah. Italy. Where do you think Kevin, Kevin is one? I think he, I think Wait. he's a Buffalo Homer. No, he definitely goes on a, he, he's on a he's a cruise guy. He definitely <laughs> we cruise. Maybe like, he's got the Tommy Bahama shirts on right now. Just messing around with the kids. He's having a blast. I can see that or a cottage guy. I put his over under on water slides he's been on on his vacation like four. I guess it, four and a half. <laughs> four and a half. <laughs> Maybe. Oh yeah, and uh happy birthday to Don Granado. That's today. Donnie meatballs. Donnie's a hiker. He's camping. Yeah. He's on I trails. He's on trails. He's got that uh he's got one of those big ass hats. He's, he's looking- got a walking stick that he brings. Oh everywhere. yeah. You know he has <laughs> a walking stick. Yeah. Good for speaking him. Speaking of speaking of Don, I thought we can get into maybe just go over a little bit how he's been so far and like expectations going forward for him. I mean, obviously he's definitely revived this team from a dead corpse to just vibes. The team is just fun. They love each other. They're having fun. So he's he's definitely built that in the locker room, and you can see it out on the ice. And he's proven to be a good coach for what he's got. But now it's about improving and not taking backward steps like we did in the past with guys like Dan Bilesma or Phil Housley and <laughs> Ralph Kruger. <laughs> oh, but, but, yeah, going forward, I think – I don't want to say the expectations are high, but – the talent he has at hand in the next coming years is a lot better than other coaches were given to. And I, there definitely needs to be steps taken for this team. I think uh, I want to be playing meaningful games in March this year. I don't not necessarily saying make the playoffs, but like be a couple points out of it. Don't, I don't want to pick in the top 10 of the draft, even though it's a great draft, but um, it's I'm, I'm ready to just, win games and I think Don Granado is a big important piece of that and he I think he might be the guy but he's got a lot to prove still. He's got this team on the right track. The the only thing that could ever save the Buffalo Sabres was starting over in culture. Like starting and bringing in Kevin Adams and Don Granado and I think it's just like reset everything. Like the culture of the team. Like if you go into your locker room as a player and you don't want to be there you don't feel good about going or it's not going to be a good team. You can't have a good season like that, at least that player. And if multiple players have that, it's no good. Last year they formed this like brotherhood around and they all love Don Granato. All their praises go to Donnie Granato, all the young guys, Casey Middlestad, um, Darlene. They, they never hesitate to praise Don Granato. So he definitely has his team on the right track. And now it's just about how we can get better. Like, I'm really hoping they they're still using that Bills blueprint. You look at what's oh, happening. Yeah. That, it, it, the parallels are what they did was they built a culture within, they built a team within, they and then now they get the big fish in Von Miller. And what is Von Miller doing right now? Recruiting guys like Odell Beckham, who are could be signed. Yeah, I heard he tweeted something. Yeah, he well, Von Miller was just on uh, the Pat McAfee show. He's asking him about Odell, and he's like, "Yeah, that's he's my best friend. If he wants to win, to come here, I got a locker next to me." And it's just like I'm ready for that. The Sabers, like I know the football, yeah, football if, and hockey are very different worlds and personality wise. But Odell Beckham, game over. Who who are you covering? Who are you covering? Like, yeah. trying to go off sport. But if if you're watching the Sabres podcast, I'm sure you've heard of the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) And adding Odell Beckham is – that's – what else do you need? Like, he's still a proven wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, you if you were to sign Odell Beckham, I think you have three number one wide receivers. Gabe Davis is going to be an absolute monster. 
Yeah. I'm getting his jersey. That's the jersey I'm getting. Hopefully, as a birthday gift because jerseys are way too expensive. But um, are the Chinese websites um shipping still, or are they? Take I have no idea. All right, we're we're moving on to supply chain here on the Goldheads podcast. No, uh, they have those like seventeen dollar um jerseys, and uh, yeah, I want to buy them and then wait a year and a half and then get never get a jersey. Yeah, I don't know. I I know we got our, my dad. I got him a Diggs knockoff jersey for his birthday. So yeah, from, I from mean, those websites. Yeah, really. So. It looks good too. So, I also want to buy. I want to get a lot of. I want to start collecting hockey jerseys, but like the ones are too. Dude, he's got a closet, <laughs> like a huge ass closet, just double story, all jerseys. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Like, I want to get like all the cool alternates because. Mm-hmm. I want the bad ones too, like that. Uh, I don't know why no one liked that Dallas Star one with the bowl. They called like, it like the lime green or the neon yeah. green. I really like those jerseys. The whole setup, I loved them. I, I, they were hated on right when they came out. But um, oh, speaking of alternates, the um, reverse retros will be coming back this year. And um, so I, here's the thing: I've I saw around that the slug might be coming back in like a royal blue variant. I don't know how true that is, but if as long as we get the goat head as an alternate, sure. If they may have to make the goat head the retro jersey, I don't know how I really feel about that because it's not permanent. Right. But if they, if they get the goat head as just an alternate in there, that'd be great. That would be huge. Mm-hmm. That would put fans in the seats easily. And jersey sales would spike. I'd buy a Buffa Slug too. I don't know. If it looks good, I, I'm curious to see how it looks in the Royal. I would like if- to see that logo come back. I got nostalgia for that logo. I put up the flag. <laughs> Salute the flag. <laughs> but yeah, um oh well, yeah, and then also speaking of jerseys, this is Adidas's last year. I was just gonna say this is the last reverse retro we're getting then. And then who's buying them? Fanatics? I f- hope not. I hope Nike Nike would be great. Or um I don't know um, if Nike want would want to. I hope they would. What Maybe if, with like the ESPN deal, they'll be more televised and have a chance. Ah, that's yeah. just... Nike or uh, CCM. Mm-hmm. If they're not, if they're not getting one of these big brands like Nike or uh, maybe even Under Armour, they could maybe whip something together. But if they're not poaching one of the big fish, just go to a hockey brand. CCM would. Be yeah, fun. I agree. But I like seeing <clears throat> back on the topic of jerseys. I like seeing new jerseys every year like for every team mm-hmm. it's fun yeah it's, it's fun like it's fun like what the nba play. does the nba yeah. has like all these cool like city i don't know how they name them but they are like city jerseys and all these cool things and even the nfl i want them to do this too i mean the nfl is very boring for their jerseys i feel like they don't mm-hmm. ever like, take big risks i know that like jacksonville's got like the alternate black jersey that looks really cool with their colors and the Bills just got the – they bring back the retro, like, old Buffalo with, like, the stripes and all that. But mm-hmm. they need the – and the color rush, too, is not bad. But I don't know. Maybe just something crazy, unique, once once a year. Just some, wear it, like, once a, once a year. And I don't they, know. Don't, they don't do, like, logos. They just have the numbers. But it would be cool mm-hmm. to see like, something different. Like, not – like, different numbers on it. Maybe, like, the numbers in the corner, like – I don't know. There's a lot they could do, but NHL, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about now. We're going into this period where we're going to lose Adidas, who wanted to do the, this kind of stuff and was doing the reverse retros every year, which was pretty cool. And they don't want to resign. Like, they don't want to. It's not a smart business decision for them to re up with the NHL, which is sad. Well, there's definitely reasons behind it. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, it's probably big above our pay grade, so I'm yeah. not going to dwell well on that we don't make money so we don't have a pay grade but <laughs> we have sponsors uh not yet do you want to get into the projected opening lineups yeah um uh preseason starts on the 25th what day is the first october october 3rd i saw sabermetrics walt 
Um, he tweeted out, I think it was maybe yesterday or today, Tyler Ennis, 63 days till hockey season, Sabre season. So we are Enzo Sauce days away till puck drop. Holy shit. All right. Well, yeah, I'll get into my opening lineup. I'm kind of nervous about how I do the first line because. I, I wanted to switch mine up, but I, I'm going with my gut here. I'm assuming you did the same or you tried getting a little creative with it. I'll get a little creative with it. I, I kept it pretty safe, but there's like so much you can do with this lineup, I feel like, in terms of just switching around young talent to see what uh, blends. But my first line is um, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, obviously. I, I don't think you changed that. I think they were a great first line last year. Second line gets a little more interesting. I do uh, Krebs at center. Cousins at left wing, Victor Olofsson right wing. I think that's that's a very solid line. Third line, this is the problem. I don't know who I center. I don't know who I put at center with um, Paterka and Quinn. Middle set. I know, but like. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Or unless you move like a guy like Krebs or Cousins down, but middle stack Krebs, Paterka is my line three. My fourth line is Rasmus Asplund, Vinny Henestrosa, and uh, Kyle Ocposo. So do you I, have middle stats scratched? No. I, I did Cousins, Paterka, Krebs. Or no, not, middle stat. Middle stat, middle stat, middle stat. Middle stat, Paterka, Quinn. Oh, okay. Sorry. And I then your D pairs? My D pair, I do uh, Darling on the right, Samuelson on the left. I do Owen Power on the left with Henry Okiharu, and I do um, Lawrence Pilot with Ilya Labushkin. I throw Pilot back in, by the way. And Eric Comper, yeah. obviously, starting above Craig Anderson in, in um, Rochester. I think it'll be Lukanen over Subban. I hope so. They need to watch. They need to see if he can play goalie. <laughs> so I don't put better be on the Sabres this year. I I, re- I really don't. I don't. I, I expect I him to be the first call up. Lukanen definitely needs to be the guy called up when injury occurs. I mean, it's gonna happen. It's just how it is. If Comrie or Anderson go out, Lukanen should be the guy called up. I know Subban is proven goalie somewhat, and he's a good guy and all. But you need to see if you have anything in Lukanen. So, yeah. And did you make power play lines? No, but I could in my head real quick. My first plower, plower play, I want Cousins, I'll shoot my- Paterka. Krebs and Cousins have this crazy chemistry. Oh, no, 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 no. Cousins, Krebs, <laughs> and I want Olison on the right wing. And at my top D, I want Darlene and I want Jack Quinn. My second pair, Krebs center. I put a post on the power play. His shot last year was great the power play. Akposo and Thompson on the others. I want Thompson on the other side. For those one-timers. Um, in my D, I want Samuelson and power. Uh, play power on the right side or Samuelson. I feel like you can switch it around with power on the power play. Obviously, for uh, five on five, I'd like him on his left side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... For my first line, I want Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. I just feel like it's set in stone unless yeah. anything happens. But I feel like they all benefit each other in a way that, like, it just makes sense. Even though I kind of want a guy like Tuck to be playing with a guy like Paterka or Quinn right. sometime That's- in the future. But this is just for opening night. That's why middle stat playing with Quinn and Paterka is like, that's a lot. You're getting into a <clears throat> Like, having a guy like Tuck on the ice is, like, just a calming yeah. Well, so I got that as my first line. And then <clears throat> second line, I went with at center Dylan Cousins because I really want him to have his breakout year this year. And I really think he should be a top six forward on his team. So, and I feel like I know he's been proved to be really good at right wing, but I feel like with guys like Savoy and Tuck and Quinn and all these guys in the system that I think we need to build him at center. And then – on his left wing, I got Jack Quinn, and on right wing, I got Kyle Ocposo. 
Ooh, okay. Just because that Cousins and Ocposo connection last year was something special. Oh, yeah, they were. I, I, I'm bummed. I didn't think of that. That's. And I don't. I I feel like Ocposo's too with his Captain veteran presence. Yeah, I don't really want him buried on the fourth line, even though he's a great defensive player and a great shutdown line that they had last year. But you can easily put him on the power player, PK or, yeah. But um, third line I have, Paterka at left wing. Centered by Peyton Krebs and then Olsen on the right. Damn. <laughs> and then and then fourth line, I got Asplund on the left, middle stat centering, and Gergensen's on the right wing, and I got uh Bjork and Hinestroza scratched. That's that whole Hinestroza signing just makes no sense to me because if Paterka he's going to prove he's good enough. Right. So you just you're just going to end up scratching. I don't know. But we'll see. Injuries do happen, as we've seen. Guys can go out for one to two games to one to two months. So, yeah. And then on D, I got Samuelson, Dalian as the top pair. I got Power and Labushkin, just because I like how Labushkin's more of a shutdown D and will let Owen Power kind of just go out there and shine. Mm. And then I got Pilot and uh, Yoki Haru. So, I am intending that Pilot – I mean, makes the team over Bryson. And I have Fitzgerald also as a scratch, but I think he'll be in Rochester. Lawrence Pilot could be a a, a dark horse this year for our team. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really get many chances to prove himself, but definitely. Got stuck with Rasmus Ristolainen, and you don't come back from that. Probably still haunts him to this day. But in that, I got Comrie and Anderson. And then for my power play, I, I tried getting a little technical with it. Um, so center would be Tage Thompson. But I also like Tage on the left side for that clap bomb. So yeah. I don't know how. We'll see. But I got Krebs at the left wing. I really want Krebs out there at the same time as who's on the right, Olison, Because I feel like that pet, Krebs' passing and vision is – unmatched to anybody else on this team. So I feel like him on the first line power play would be great. And then I got Tuck and Darlene on the back end. And then for power play two, I got Quinn on the left, Cousin centering, and Ocposo on the right with power and middle stat on the back end. I would maybe switch uh, Ocposo and middle stat there. But, yeah, that's my, that's my starting lineups. We have a good team. Yeah, we do. I mean, um, not good enough. But not it's, proven team, but it's a good team. Like, names on paper, like prospects on paper. It's a good team. Yeah, looking at it, it's like seeing guys like Asplund and Middlestat having to be on the fourth line. I mean, Asplund's more a defensive-style player, so he'll definitely get power play one time or penalty kill time. And Middlestat, it's just like I don't – he doesn't fit. I mean, he's going to get – Minutes all like I feel like he'll be all around the lineup. Yeah, he'll, getting a, a chance to prove himself, but yeah. For now, I got him on the fourth line, and I feel like him playing with guy like Asplund and Gergensen's they middle sets not very good defensively, and if you pair him with those two, he'll get that security to kind of get out there and do his thing, and got the Latvian locomotive can help go push that offense so. If we could have four lines that could put goals in the net, which I think Asplund, Middlestat, and Gergensen's could do if we did that line. I think they mm-hmm. can score. Asplund can score. Um, Gergensen's is strong in front of the net. Let Middlestat do a little – do his own thing and shine, hopefully. If you get four lines that can score this year, I think we're playing meaningful games into the into the end of the season, which is going to be it's, – it's going to be great. When's the last time we've had meaningful games? Like, like the latest we've had meeting. Like, usually our games don't matter in January. The only time I could remember somewhat of that is when we traded for Wayne Simmons and Dominic Cahoon. And we had the – I think that was the year of the 10-game win streak. No, that was the COVID year. That was, was the year it? after the 10-game. That was – um. we didn't even make it to 24 to get yeah. into the bubble. So – I remember that the last night, if the games didn't get canceled, we would have faced Montreal 
And if we beat Montreal, we would have made it into the bubble. So that's just something to look back at. And yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know, being 24th in the NHL and being in the playoffs is not a way I'd want us to end our streak. Yeah. It's kind of cheating your way out of it. <laughs> I don't know. I think we would just be in the plane, right? It, or would we be? I think they were just out. Or, yeah, the plane. Yeah, you're right. I want the NHL to do that. Do we want to get into that? Remember you said uh, that one idea, we could make three rules. We could do that real quick. Sure, yeah. Uh, I had a segment thought up that I didn't, we didn't get into today. I was maybe going to save it for another time. But if I was Gary Bettman. Um, for a day. For a day. or I'd shower for like three hours. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I um, yeah. if you want to get into whatever you were saying. Um. My first rule change is three-on-three overtime for 10 minutes. And then would you add a shootout after, or would you, if no one scores, game over? No one scores, it's game over. You, you both get your point, and you go home. See, with that, what I would want to do, I want to add a – I want the NHL to add a three-point – system so if you win in regulation that's three points it would like make teams want to win in regulation more you get what i'm saying yeah so if, if you win in overtime you get two lose in overtime you get one if you lose in overtime i don't think you get anything if you lose in the three on three 10 minute overtime in my in my world you get nothing the winning i think one point's fair who knows i i just think Gary the, shootout's, the shootout's old now i don't I hate that. That's the way that games are decided. I'm not a fan of it at all. That's why it's not in the playoffs. And uh, my second rule, I kind of leaked this rule. I would have a play-in tournament for the playoffs. I'm not saying all the way to 24, but if you take the second wild card and the team below it and you make them fight for play a three-game series for that second wild card, that's fun. That's what the NBA does, yeah. And it's fun because it makes it – like competitive it mm-hmm. it gives you a reason to still fight for those games when you're in a position like that yeah so i definitely add a play in tournament because more teams in the playoffs more cities engaged definitely helps the game um and my third rule wow i never i didn't really think this far well let me spitball one out real quick i want the um, i want offsides changed i don't want there to be offside challenge reviews one that is such a waste of time and i don't think that the very small difference of like the puck being over a line this much and the ref doesn't notice it should be a factor in a game i don't think what about the cal mccargle this offside that was offsides and they reviewed it and they called it onsides i can't remember right now but what i'm i just, I just don't I don't know. I think if you're doing – I think if you challenge a play, they have enough cameras where the fans see the camera angle and fans react to the play being a goal or a no goal. Refs need to look at the, what the fans are looking at and call it within 30 seconds of the challenge. There's no reason people should be waiting nine minutes for a call to be made. You mm-hmm. look at it, you decide it's over. That's the challenge. You can't it, – it's a waste of time. Yeah, but that goes beyond the scope of offsides. Like all challenges, like kicking motion, high stick. How long do you need to look at it? I mean, it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Then they things like this, like rule changes. If they want to see how they perform, you can definitely implement them in the AHL. See how it goes. Like it's like a test league, mm-hmm. in a way. You just they have much different rules, different playoff formats, and all that stuff. So why not? Just throw it in there, see how it is. I mean, I, even, like, as crazy as, like, changing the lines where they are or, like, how offsides even work, like, it would eliminate cherry picking, but, like, it still could happen. I don't know how to really explain it, but you're saying kind of what I'm getting. Lines? Get rid of offsides in general. But that's just roller hockey. That's yeah. Roller hockey, that's how they play. No offsides, no icing. I think – Oh, and another thing I have is um, there should be icings 
called on penalty. Like, if you're on a penalty kill, you can't ice the puck. No. I think, yeah. No. I think, I think that you should not be able to – you should, what's it called, get an icing for dumping it. That would make penalty power plays too overpowered. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think yeah. More goals. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. That that takes the whole uh, penalty killer that ruins their image. Like, you've got to be a different brand of penalty killer. You can't yeah, we we'll definitely have to create some different strategies there. So, I don't know. Just change it up a bit. Why not? Shake it up. Yeah. I'm getting rid of face-offs. <laughs> Jump balls. <laughs> Make it Jump. take it. Yeah. I can't think of any more rules I'd want to change. The NHL is so perfect. Yeah. They really do have the perfect league. If I was Gary Bettman, I would just sell the league. <laughs> that is the first thing I do if I was Gary Bettman. Have someone else do it. You can't you can sell you can't sell the it's not as if, you can't just sell the league. You'd have to step down as commissioner. Yeah. I assume. Sell the whole NHL. <laughs> I'll buy it for fifty dollars. <laughs> I'm selling it. <laughs> On eBay. Um, another play. I'd change this in the playoffs. Um, I would call penalties in the playoffs. They did a lot better last season, but everyone like when Crosby was a rookie, everyone called him a whiner because Crosby was getting like absolutely he beat up, beat up every game. <laughs> like, the bigger guys would just beat him, beat the fuck out of him. And he complained to the ref because he's like, why am I getting the shit kicked out of me and you're not calling anything? And everyone just labeled him a whiner. But he was kind of right. And then you see guys like McDavid in the playoffs getting beat up. And you don't want to see your stars getting beat up. Like, we shouldn't be giving the advantage to no-namers who are just big and strong and can hurt a talented player. I want to watch a talented player. I don't want to watch a no-name. A no just ram McDavid from behind, and it's the playoffs. That's playoff hockey. I hate that. I'm, I would call the rules all the way through the playoffs. I'm not saying uh, dilute the game with um, penalties, but if there's, like, blatant cheap shots, you call that. That's an easy call. Yeah. Another Protect- thing that I don't know if – obviously. Like, I feel like certain calls should get four-minute penalties, like hits to the head. Yep. I think Double minor five. should be every time. Yeah, I think who that should be double minor five. Like, who, who was the guy we saw in the playoffs lead with their elbow and, like, missed? But they were going for, like, this huge elbow. And if it would have connected, that could. Yeah, I think they should even penalize intent. Yeah, intent to injure should be a penalty. I don't know if an ejection because nothing happened, but definitely yeah. if they even they, fine, like that have, should be reviewed by the league as well. Like a guy's plummeting knees into faces and or at least going for it and doesn't connect. I think he should still be disciplined. You have two knives on the bottom of your feet and you're going 26 miles an hour around this rink, going that fast, and if you get collided. And it's a dirty play, like a slew foot or an elbow, and you hit your head on the ice or in the boards, you're done. It's. I'd be a lot more lenient on the. On the fines too, like after the fact. Mm-hmm. Like five grand, that's like a slap on the wrist. I'd give them bigger fines for bigger, bigger incidents. Like I think when Matthews cross-checked Darlene, it didn't look bad because Darlene for some reason, didn't budge. Darlene, like, I took agree. that shot to the net, neck and just, like, got moved a little bit. Like, if he would have collapsed on the ice, which could have happened easily because you cross-check someone's bare neck. I-, I wanted Matthews done for, like, 10 games, dude. That's a horrible, <laughs> that's, like, that's a horrible dirty play in hockey. Cross-check to the neck. He wasn't wearing – it was, like, bare – stick to bare neck. That's a – very, very dangerous play, and we're lucky Rasmus Dahlin isn't still in a neck brace. Like it could have, it could have been devastating to his whole career. That could have ended his whole career. It's weird how like it's. I think the fines are. He, I think, I think he got one or two games, but yeah, but it's weird how the fines or suspensions are based off of result 
of what happens to the other person. Like if you get a guy out for the rest of the year, you're going to get a longer suspension if you did the exact same thing, but the guy didn't budge like in Darlene's case. I just think that's that's something that should be it's considered. That he didn't budge. Like, yeah. Watching that live, I was could have could have messed him up, and I think a two game suspension is it's it's silly, and it makes your league look silly. I agree. So I guess that would be my third rule. Whatever. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make the league silly. Like, stop doing stuff that makes the league look just dumb to the average fan. Yeah. Like, I feel like that should just be a, a rule in itself. I agree. Like, nobody understands hockey because there's so many rules. It's like, why did that happen? Oh, he's, he's, he's offside. Why are we looking at this play for 10 minutes? His stick might have been above his shoulders. Like, what? Antonio, you have any anything else pressing that needs to be talked about? Uh, not really. Just wh- – Whoever's listening, whoever gave it a listen, download it on Spotify or like or subscribed on YouTube. Thank you. Smash the like, <laughs> hammer the subscribe button. Yeah, um, that's really it. You can follow us on our socials at Goatheads Pod. Uh, we'll definitely be a lot more active once the season gets going, but um, until then, we'll just have to wait for anything else to happen, I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, definitely, I think last episode I said we can commit to once-a-week videos, and that was three weeks ago. So I'm not going <laughs> to this time, and we'll just see what happens. But the Go Heads podcast is back, and uh, that's that's all. We're back. We're back. The NHL is now on watch. <laughs> all right. right, that should do it. Goodbye, everyone. Hasta la vista.